Welcome back to God's Brand. It's your host, Puzzle Making Poe. And I will not lie, this episode is starting out a little wadika. That's Arabic for stanky. We had a really long day, guys, and this is the wrapping up of the finale. I really do enjoy doing a little small talk before we get into reading our book. I just feel like it allows us to really see what happened last in our readings as well as remember that we're in the present now and whatever we're reading from the past doesn't really affect us now it could help us but in reality it can't really hurt us any more than it already has so when we read this yes we feel a pain but the pain we feel is the pain that you know we don't have to feel that now Sober. Wadika, Wadika. I have a personal battle going on in my life, and I think a lot of you guys see that. It's a big reason why I picked this book as I did for this first one. I won't say my life is anywhere in any which way similar to Frederick Douglass, but I will say I've always felt like I grew up as a slave, even though I was middle class. There's something about being just rich enough to be in the poorest one in a white neighborhood. Where you have that token black family at the bottom of the hill. And your Hispanic friends who built the house across the street. And the one Hispanic family that has the brick house. And it's the only brick house. I ain't got nothing to hide. You know, this is my history. Wadika, Wadika. Stanky, stanky. Everything in life has a purpose. and You know, there's a reason why I'm sitting here calling my cigarette smoking stanky. Because it is. It's a habit I have that I don't really know why I picked it up. But asking why is a reasoning I know that is not positive. There's a positive light that comes from what I'm doing now, but there's definitely a negative one as well. That's why life is two-edged. My goal in life is just not to fall on my own sword. Not allow my own pride to get in the way from my own personal growth. You know, figurative and physically. It suck. Wadika, wadika. I hope you guys enjoy this book. Because there's only going to be one more reading after this. 
reading. We're going to finish the book up. Most likely tomorrow morning. When we face the day, we need to realize there's a lot of... A lot of barriers we have to face on the daily. We can't really face those until we come to conclusions with what the ending of our story is. That's truly only when we begin to answer where we're at. Every day must come to a close. Every beginning starts with the end of a new song. So the end of this song is the beginning of Frederick Douglass's. His song in respect for Abraham Lincoln. You know, whether you like Abraham Lincoln or you don't like him, you have to respect him. You have to give him the respect of he was the president that saved the Union. Whether you like the Union or not, you got to respect it for it did last. There's not enough respect that gets put out in this world. It's a big reason why I'm here to talk with you. To tell you. Look. I'm not going to force you to read the book. But at least understand the names so you can put respect out. And speak educatedly. So, we literally got two pages to read. It's a short finish. Um, the last part of this read, we were reading about Abraham Lincoln and just the fact that he was a real grounded man. I mean, he could work off boats, he could work in the field. You know, everyone knows he grew up on on a cabin. And he was also good in the city. He was good with his literature. So... We're going to start at the top of 211. The tremendous question for him to decide was whether his country should survive the crisis and flourish or be dismembered and perish. His predecessor in office had already decided that question in favor of national dismemberment by denying it to the right of self-defense and self-preservation, a right which belongs to the meanest insect, happily for the country, happily for you and for me, the judgment of James Bookman, the patriot, patriot, was not the judgment of Abraham Lincoln, the Pluton. He brought his strong common sense, sharpened in the school of adversity, to bear upon the question. He did not hesitate. He did not doubt. He did not falter, but at once resolved at whatever pearl at whatever cost the union of the states should be preserved 
a patriot himself, his faith was strong and unwavering in the patriotism of his countrymen. Timid men said before Mr. Lincoln's inauguration that we had seen the last president of the United States. A voice of influential quarters said, let the union slide. Some say that a union maintained by the sword was worthless. Others say, said a rebellion of eight million cannot be suppressed, but in the midst of all this terminity and against all this, Abraham Lincoln was clear in his duties and had an oath in heaven. He claimed calmly and bravely heard the voice of doubt and fear all around him, but he had an oath in heaven, and there was not power enough on the earth to make his honest boatsman, backwoodsman, and broad-handed splinter of rails evade or violate that sacred oath. He had favored his love of truth. He had not been taught that treason and perjury were the proof of on honor and honesty. His morale training was against his saying one thing when he meant another. The trust which Abraham Lincoln had in himself and in the people was surprising and grand, but it also enlightened and well-founded. He knew the American people better than they knew themselves, and in truth was based upon this knowledge. Fellow citizens, the 14th day of April, 1865, of which this is the 11th anniversary, is now and will ever remain a memorable day in the annals of the Republic. It was on the day, evening of this day, while a fierce and sanctuary rebellion was in this, the last stages of the dissolving power, while its armies were broken and scattered before the invincible armies of Grant and Sherman, while the great nation, torn and rent by war, was already beginning to raise to the skies loud anthems of joy at the dawn of peace, it was staltered amazed and overwhelmed by the crowding crime of slavery and assassination of Abraham Lincoln. It was a new crime, a pure act of malice. No purpose of the rebellion was to be served by it. It was the simple gratification of a hell-black spirit of revenge, but it had done good after all. It has filled the country with a deeper abhorrence of slavery and a deeper love for the great liberator. Had Abraham Lincoln died from any of the numerous ills to which flesh is hair, had he reached that good old age of which his victorious constitution and his temperate habits gave promise, had he been permitted to see the end of his great work, had the sermon curtain of death come down but gradual we would still have been smitten with a great grief and treasure his name lovingly but dying as he did die but the red hand of violence killed assassinated taken off without warning not because of personal hate for no man who knew abraham lincoln could hate him but because of his fidelity to union and liberty, he is doubtably dear to us, and his memory will be precious forever. Fellow citizens, I end as I begin. 
with congratulations. We have done a great work for our race today in doing honor to the member memory of our friend and liberator. We have been doing highest honors to ourselves and to who's come after us. We have been attaching ourselves to a name of fame, imperishable and immortal. We have also been defending ourselves from a higher blindly scandal. When now it shall be said that the colored man is soulless and he has no appreciation of benefits or benefactors. When the foul reproach and ingratitude is hurled at us and is attempted to scourge us beyond the range of human brotherhood, we may calmly point to the monument we have this day or to the memory of Abraham Lincoln. Mr. Lincoln gave us a destiny we didn't ask for. Shoes bigger than one man could fill. So we do this as a team. But we don't do this at all. Appreciate all y'all. I'll be sending prayers tonight.